welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and today I'm joined by my good buddies, Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and the one and only Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. Gentlemen, we are socially distanced on this episode of the Royal Geek Podcast via Zoom uh, because of some scheduling conflicts, but we're still here to review the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Uh, excited to be talking about this episode. Um, I really feel like there's a lot of groundwork being laid down, so uh, love to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, definitely looking looking forward um, to everything that's going on. You guys are so far away. I know. Shimato, do you miss us? Maybe. I miss the energy. <laughs> you want to talk about the other day when you drove all the way to uh, – to Justin's house to record the podcast and we weren't there. I just, yeah. uh, I just stood outside his house and, you know, looking through the windows. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I was in Florida and then T-Roll was like probably enjoying his life. And then yeah. got a little, got a little chuckle out of you saying, Oh, I'm, I'm here guys. Let me in. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, we had always originally planned to record this episode on Sunday because Justin was going to be out of town. Uh, we did not anticipate zoom. There's a lot of reasons that led to that. We won't get into that, <clears throat> Justin. But nonetheless, um, we are here to review the second episode of the Falcon Winter Soldier. So thankful you guys are joining in to listen to it here on the Royal Geek Podcast. We want to ask you, before we get into uh, today's discussion, to please follow us on Twitter at Royal Geek Pod. And if you have not yet, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you listen to this podcast somewhere else, please subscribe to it wherever you listen and help us out. Um, let some of your friends know about this podcast. That would really be such a huge help for us. All right, guys, let's do it. Spoiler warning for all of our listeners. We're about to get into episode number two. So um, general thoughts on the episode, guys. I guess I'll go first. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm really enjoying this series. Um, again, I I keep feeling like, Bucky is like the the show stealer for me. Um although I will say that uh John Walker <laughs> I uh they're they're making they're giving him some more layers which yeah. I really appreciate. I I think that's really good. Um uh, maybe we could start there after you guys uh talk about just generally how you enjoyed it. Yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoyed the episode. I really did. Um it is just knowing that this is like a six episode uh series, uh I I mean they're kind of taking a while to kind of lay down some some groundwork, but I I'm liking what I'm seeing with what they're putting down. I just would uh, I'm just curious on how they're going to wrap it all up in four episodes. Yeah, it does seem like they are kind of dragging their feet a little bit for a show that is supposed to be only six episodes, like you were saying. Um, but I mean, it's definitely they're definitely opening some interesting boundaries. Um, I was a little I, I really want to see Sharon Carter show up. And it's kind of like, it's like, what is she going to get here? Because uh, I feel like she could be really cool. But I think it would definitely be interesting to see how, how this all plays out. They're definitely setting some stuff up a little bit. Yeah, and a big tease of the series was like like Zemo. And they were building up Zemo. And like, we're two episodes in, and we only got like a brief scene of him at the end. Like, Yeah. Uh, I, want to see, yeah I want more of that. <laughs> yeah, Sharon on, Carter. Yeah, on their posters, they had like four people. It was, it was, of course, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then they had Sharon Carter and Zemo. And so far, we have about five seconds of half of that cast. So definitely some work to be done. 
Y'all are picky, man. Y'all are so picky. Here's the way I see it. Episode one, we got some good info on Bucky and Sam. Episode two, I feel like we got some really good info on John Walker. It seems like episode three is going to be focused on Zemo and maybe getting him out of prison. I mean, I'm interested to see how that happens. Does is he just an opportunist, an, an opportunist that takes advantage of, you know, Bucky and Sam coming to see him and somehow he escapes because of that? Or maybe it's one of those things where he's like, if you really want to know these secrets about Hydra, you have to get me out of here first. You know, yeah. like he uses. Well, Bucky like uh, like Falcon said to John Walker, they're more free agents. They can kind of do what they, they want. Like, what if it comes down to them having to them having to break out Zemo themselves? in order yeah. to push their agenda along so that John, like John Walker and uh, Battlestar uh, don't do, uh, or aren't able to complete their mission because the Falcon War Soldier get to that first. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. You know, and there's always that possibility. That, I don't know. Maybe there's something still stuck in Bucky's head, you know? <sighs> yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm just going to throw it out here now. I, it's probably a hundred percent false. But I'm going to go ahead and say that the therapist, Dr. Rayner, that's working with Bucky is kind of re-triggering his, his mental, uh, yeah. Yeah, his mental coding. Like breaking and him down? No, it, she, no, she's building him back up secretly for Hydra. Oh, and yeah. when he gets back to like interaction with Zemo, he's going to be able to re-trigger him because of all the groundwork that Dr. Rayner is doing. That's just a wild theory. Yeah. That I can oh, yeah. no. She yeah, can't. she's actually, yeah. Yeah, she's actually building him, building his uh, uh, training and his uh, mind up to. Well, if be they're going to make uh, if they're going to make Walker a villain, um, they already mentioned the fact that Rainier has done ops with him before. So I mean, that would be a connection to get you to the whole like you know, you know, evil side of it. If that's where they're going with it, right? Exactly. Hmm. So we'll see how that goes. That's interesting. Let's talk about Walker. We opened the episode with him in the locker room of his former high school. He's doing like a a little interview for Good Morning America. Yeah, at he's, his high he's in Georgia. Is he in? Yeah, probably somewhere in Georgia for sure. Shout out. Um, and uh, we learn we learn a lot more about him. What did you guys learn? What did you guys take from just his interactions with his, I guess either his girlfriend or fiance or maybe his mm-hmm. wife, and then uh, his buddy Lamar. I mean, I just felt like he, they were making him more of, like, a relatable character. Like, that's really what that scene was all about. It was, like, because, and they were kind of distancing him from being, like, the whole, well, kind of like in the Captain America First Avenger where they had, you know, the people who they kind of wanted other than Steve Rogers were these big gung-ho type of people. You know, maybe they're kind of dumb, but they're just kind of, like, muscle stuff like that. Whereas they were making Walker seem more like he was, Maybe he wasn't like Steve Rogers, but, you know, the possibility that, you know, maybe he could be a person who, you know, would carry the shield with dignity at some point. Yeah, I thought it was funny because the end of episode one, when they showed him in uniform for like that, like five seconds, and then yeah. the whole week leading up to episode number two, everybody was hating on him and like he looks, he looks dumb. He's, uh, he's already hated by the MCU. And then like they start off with this opening scene. And they do a really good job of like humanizing him and then making him more relatable. Like, Hey, he's just trying to do his job. Like he's not, yeah. it's not his fault that this is what they're, they're giving to him. Like, like he's just uh, stepping up to the, the duties and he wants to serve his country and wants to serve the people. 
and uh, it's kind of giving him that type of uh i don't know painting of character yeah and i'm i think there's a little bit of like a parallel with sam at the moment with him in the sense of like you know not 100 percent feeling like they're up for it you know they're kind of building this through it seems like they're kind of building this storyline of you know at the very beginning they're they're at the very least thinking that they don't truly deserve to be carrying the shield and you know you know i believe you know through this sam's kind of fighting that journey you know and decide that he either he feels like he is or he isn't capable of carrying the shield for sure i I really agree that i thought they were marvel was making huge attempts to humanize john walker and and i i guess my take on the whole episode is like I mean, I I kind of like him. <laughs> I mean, I feel, or maybe I feel unsure. You know, yeah. I think what's most frustrating to me is I understand that Bucky and Sam don't ever want to see the shield on someone else. I get that. Yeah. But I think they're being a little too, like, middle school brokenhearted over this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, uh, And it's also, like, it's also that thing, it's like, if you were it's like the situation where if you're with someone and you break and you break up with them i mean you can't necessarily get mad at them if they go and try to find happiness with someone else you know yeah like this is that's the shield yeah that is the shield it's like (laughs) it's you know the 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 need for captain america has been shown as as the symbol of captain america so it's very much like that um and i think walker kind of kind of reminds me of like if you're in high school and like the He's like the jock, but like the jock who, you know, you see, he sits at every table, you know, he, he, he hangs out with everyone. He's, you know, he's, he, he seems like he's a good dude and he seems, seems at least so far, at, at least in the beginning of the episode, like he's going to be, you know, like he, he's a very, he's a, he becomes a more likable guy. Yeah. As the episode goes on though, and he's in the, he's in the suit, he's in the costume. Like there is a little bit more of an arrogance that comes out in certain scenes. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys picked up on that at all. I did um, pick up the, on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I saw at towards the end, I did see a little bit of Hayward in him. Um, <laughs> hey, slow uh, down, and, slow and, down. And, yeah, and, and kind of like in their like rigid, like adherence to uh, the law, like that type of thing, like their inability to see like gray areas. So I did see that a little bit of that. So that is a little concerning for his character, unfortunately. Well, so I why do you think they, why do you think they did that though? Why do you think that they humanize him in the first couple scenes, but then as the episode goes on, like you can clearly see he's got that more arrogance to him. Like he's kind of a he's more wow. of a jerk towards the end. Like there's an easy answer. There's an easy answer. Oh yeah, go for because it. Because Marvel knows that people like the Royal Geek Podcast spend time talking about this stuff. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they they want to make and good on them. I, I believe that John Walker whether he's going to be a villain or at least someone that people generally aren't happy with. I think that's, it's, he's going to be that kind of character, but I think they're trying to make it a little more complex. And here's the thing. If you were going to tell this story in a movie, you would not have the weeks of waiting between when you first meet the character to where, where they end up at the end of episode six. Right. But since this is a, a mini series, Every week, we get a little piece of John Walker, right? Episode one, you want to punch him in the face. Episode yeah. two, you still kind of want to punch him in the face, but you're also like, but I, I don't know if I should, you know? 
Yeah. Who knows how yeah. we're going to feel at the end of episode three? So it's just the type of the type of um, project they create, you know, dictates how they're going to paint the villain. I, I really believe. Like, it doesn't mean that. Um, yeah, you know, no. Because here's my thing. You know, you you get the humanizing story at the beginning. He seems just like he generally wants to serve his country, and then, um, and then he like helps them when they're like in in Munich. I believe. And then he gets Bucky out of jail. It's like, and then people are like, yeah, but at the end he said, you know, don't get in my way. And he was all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, after he tried to help them three times and got one of them out of prison, he's probably frustrated with them. Yeah. They are being kind of like distant. They're like, we don't want anything to do with you. Uh, they're questioning his every move. Um, but all he's trying to do is his job. And that's, I mean, that's exactly. the problem is the problem is, is he's got the shield and if he didn't have the shield maybe they'd be a little more open to it but yeah it's not it's not like he chose to to use the shield it's the government that said here here's your weapon like yeah. you got to be the symbol yeah exactly. i mean do you think do you think he went to the government and was like no i i want to be the next captain america like i don't think anybody would have said that maybe. i mean i don't i don't know the way they showed the test maybe there was like a like uh, uh you signed up for like the trials that they put you through um so maybe he did sign up because he thought of it but i mean i could have seen them picking somebody out as well though and i believe in the source material he does want to be captain america john walker's character um could be wrong about that but either way it, it he seems genuine unless he's just a really good liar you know what i'm saying um which so, he very well could be yeah and here's the thing man we're, again like i said there's still four more episodes you have no idea where they're going we could end up hating this guy but I think they're doing a good job of at least making us understand his story and feel for him. And yeah. so that's where I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm really intrigued with it. If anything, yeah. I'm not, ups- I'm not as upset with John Walker as much as I'm just upset with Bucky and Sammy being all, you know, but about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the pouty. That's a good word. Amato, pouty. The pouty. <laughs> they are definitely, so they're pouting dude. Yes, for sure. All right. Um, there's a few more big things in this episode. Um, the way I see it, we should talk about uh, Bucky and Sam's trip to Baltimore, where they yep. where they uh, visited I, Isaiah. Right? Isn't his name Isaiah? Yes. Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, Isaiah Bradley. So we'll talk about that next, and then we'll talk about the uh, um, the Flag Smashers and the Power Broker and all that. But let's talk about that yeah. trip to Baltimore, man. I, you know, we had heard rumors that they were going to be talking about the story of a black Captain America that was essentially erased from the history books. Um, and I didn't know how they'd introduce it, but man, this was a, uh, this was a scene. If I've ever seen a scene before, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, I love that. Like this starts out with them, like their conversation walking to Isaiah's house and those little kids like stop him. Hey, you're black Falcon. <laughs> And he, he throws out, he's like, why, why am I Black Falcon? Is it because I'm Black and I'm Falcon? And he's like, are you what? Are you Black Kid? And then he shuts <laughs> him down. Like, but it's like, so that whole conversation, it kind of like, it really leads in strong to um, the conversation with Isaiah because Isaiah essentially was like the Black Captain America, but he was a, yeah. erased and never treated the same as the actual Captain America. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a very powerful scene, uh, especially when you could see what everything that he Isaiah had to deal with compared to Steve Rogers and every, everything that came with what he when he put on the mantle of Captain America. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it does two major things in the storyline. First of all, it kind of um it, it shows the um the fact that there are other super soldiers. So that's kind of like the first like thing. I think that's really important, especially what else we see in the episode. But it also it shows um uh, they've been showing Sam in a very in a light of he's almost unaware sometimes of what's going on um, in the sense of like why things are happening uh, to certain people of certain colors. You know, he, he seems to be kind of like, like I said, unaware, like, like in the bank scene, you know, he, he didn't seem to, he, he seems to be distancing, trying to distance himself from his own race in, in the sense of like his, his identity with it. Um, so like going to like the scene with, you know, in the bank and the, like him having to deal with Isaiah and then when he deals with the police officers as well, like he, he, he doesn't always seem to understand why he's being treated differently, or at least he doesn't believe that he should be, which I mean, he's right. He shouldn't be. Um, but in some ways he doesn't seem to understand why it's happening. Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like maybe in a sense that he's maybe just trying to see the good in people first rather than uh, seeing people in a negative way or assuming that people are trying to be negative. Uh, I feel like uh, the Falcon or Anthony Mackie's character is generally leaning towards the side of good. Um, I mean, would you guys say that's his character? Like he mainly tries to see the the, the positive side of things. Yeah, yeah, I I do. But I also I also feel like. You know, here's what I'd say. Shaman, I think you said, I don't know if you said he, he is distancing himself or because I kind of feel like he is detached a little from his, maybe his culture. And and part of that might just be because he's, in, you know, an Avenger for one. But before yeah. that, he was like a U.S., you know, he was in the Air Force, I believe. So yeah. he's like in the military, you know, so and not that, you know. Not that a black person in the military would ever experience would would never experience racism or prejudice. Of course, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I think you kind of got the idea when you were comparing his outlook versus his sister's outlook that like he doesn't see the world the way that his sister believes he should. You know, and yeah. I think that's kind of how it. A little bit of what you're alluding to, like like in the. And, you know, when the, when those cops roll up, like, that's just a classic, like, that's a classic example of, and, and I am not black, but it, from what I know from the friends that I've spoken with about this, that's just a classic example of, like, being black in America. Like, you're, you're, you're standing on the street and cops are going to pull up and uh, question why you're there. You're just there. You know, and and so I thought it was like, they just went right into that. And, and it wasn't until Bucky was like, do you know who this is? And then finally, oh, yeah. you know, oh my God. I hated that so much. Me too. Me like, too, man. Like, oh, I don't like, I mean, I don't want to be it up on a soapbox or anything like that, but it was just like, you're freaking kidding me I know. right now. <laughs> I know. I, I think they're doing, I think Marvel's doing a good job. I mean, this is really timely. Obviously the year we're coming out of, uh, yeah. in 2020. Um, but like, unless you are just completely unaware <laughs> like when those cops rolled up, like I knew exactly the story they were about to tell. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, it was Bucky that got arrested because he missed his <laughs> <laughs> because he missed his uh, therapy session. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which was kind of funny. Um, but you know, this is the second episode where they've they've kind of been alluding to uh, just racism or prejudice in some way. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let me let me speak to this real quick. You know, because you know, I, with Isaiah Bradley. Um, since this, since we're recording this on a Sunday, we've actually had more time to digest the episode. Um, one, go watch the scene again. I mean, it's just a powerful scene. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it um, is. Like it was, it was amazing. But what I learned about Isaiah Bradley, because you know, I'm not a big comic book nerd. Um, I'm not a comic book guy. Um, but apparently, his story began in 2003 when they first started writing the story of Isaiah Bradley. And it was back in the, uh, the fifties, I think they were trying to re um, recreate Captain America again. So they're trying to, they're working on a serum, super soldier serum. And, um, they tested it on like a platoon of black, um, military men. And I think he was the only one to survive. And then, you know, he survived, he becomes like a Captain America, but, um, they erase him from the history books. They even throw him in jail, which he referenced. They, he said that they threw him in prison for 30 years. Yeah, that's wild. That's what he got for serving his country. Is what that's he what said. he got for serving his country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he even said a line, a powerful line, because Bucky said, yeah, he said, did you come here to kill me? He's like, that's not who I am anymore. And he says, you think you could just wake up one day and decide, to decide who you're going to be? And he said, well, maybe people like you can. He, you know, oh yeah, talking mm-hmm. about Bucky being a white guy, yeah, and I mean, it's just such, I mean, just such a powerful scene. I, I you know, I need to go watch it again. Um, but I hope yep. this isn't the last time we see Isaiah. I, I mean, you could even see how it impacted Sam. He's like, how come no one ever told me about him? Like he was getting. Oh, sick, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know? Yep. And he wanted to know if Steve knew about him because I, I mean, I guarantee if Steve knew about him, then I mean. You would definitely try to do something about it. Right. Yep. Oh man. What a mess. Huh. What a mess. Well, and, and also, uh, his, his son, Elijah is a, uh, a member of the young Avengers. So we might be getting yeah, the Patriot. That's what we yeah, the Patriot. Right. So we might be getting that character again. That'd be really cool. Again, this, there's a lot of references to a future storyline of the young Avengers, in the MCU right now. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see how it all pans out and see yeah. what they decide to pick up. Or they may be just like planting a seed here to pick it up. Oh, hey, remember that one time back in episode two where you talked about this guy? Well, here yeah. he is again. He's back. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about um, the Flag Smashers. We, we, we kind of – well, I don't want to say we learned anything. I don't know if I learned much. Um, I don't I think know. We learned two, I think we learned two big things. Okay. Right, let's talk about uh, from, from the groups. Okay. Well, the, the leader is Carly. Um, they have super soldier powers. Yep. And they, they stole, I believe they stole them from the power brokers. So power brokers. Uh, it, it is a company that has developed a serum and can make super soldiers. Pretty much. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, giving comics, powers right. to people who pay for it. Yeah, in the comics, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, I could see 
they the flag smashers got their powers uh, the only way they they got them is from stealing them from the power broker since they're after them that's the only yeah. way i can see it yeah which is um which that, the one that i was going to bring up is because they kind of play it off like that text message that they get is about the medicine but i mean as you were just sta- saying is i don't believe it has anything to do with the medicine yeah, no. I, I like I because the way they do it, they make it they very do much make it sound like oh, it's about the medicine they just stole, but I, I 100% believe it's about the powers that they stole before they stole the medicine. Yeah, yeah, same here. So, you don't think they stole COVID vaccines? I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, the very well might have that might have been what they did, but I just don't think that the, me, the, the, the medicine text they got had anything to do with the medicine they stole. <laughs> Oh man. Well, yeah, it, it was interesting to see them fleeing from the power brokers men. You know? Right. Yeah, the the airpad scene the, where they're leaving yep. the runway and the one guy stays behind and plays hero to stall them. Yep. Yeah. I do I also think that was very important because that shows like the like the um commitment to their cause. Right. Like they're very much you know, it, it's almost, um, almost like the berserkers in the dark, like the, you know, like the Thor too. I know maybe not the greatest throwback, but like the, the, the willingness to like, you know, give up your life for your cause or even going up to like a little bit of connection to Captain America, his willingness to jump on the grenade when it came time, you know, um, you know, that was what that guy was doing is he was jumping on the grenade so everyone else could survive. Yeah, no, that's pretty much exactly what it was. Uh, here's my thing, okay? All right, so obviously, eight of these pe- eight of these people, the Flag Smashers that we've seen, they have super powers, like super soldier serum strength, right? Uh, Bucky, he has super soldier powers, and he's yeah. fully trained, like a 100% trained, killing assassin machine, right? Yeah. Uh, these eight people, they fought on top of these, these trucks, okay? Uh I'm going to go ahead and go on a, a limb here and say that they are not as fully trained as Bucky. So how in the heck did they, I mean, yes, they had greater numbers. I get that. You can throw that argument out there. How the heck did they look like they beat the crap out of Bucky? And he, oh, and he is fully trained. Like he should have, they're equal. Like their power levels are equal. He should have been able to use all of his skills to, to dominate each and every single one of the people that he fought. But instead, uh, him and Falcon got their yeah. rears handed to him. I would say on the Bucky front, the only explanation that I could think of was it's Bucky's want to. Like right now, like is he willing to go and put him? Like is he because he doesn't he wants to distance himself from himself being the kill the killer, right? So like is he putting a hundred percent effort into what he is doing to do these when he's doing these things, you know? Like, like, is he holding back, you know, because he does not want to hurt people anymore. And so, it, although it's one of those things where you holding back could actually hurt the people that you are, you know, working with, you know. Which I guess that's kind of alluded to after he finishes his therapy session with Falcon and he says, what was rule number two again? And she says, don't hurt anyone. Right. And I think that's kind of what it is alluding to. Yeah. A good point. You bring that up because. He's probably thinking about, okay, I'm trying to change, and the only way I'm going to do that is if I break my old habits. Yeah. Um, 
So that's actually a pretty good. Thanks you for bringing that up. I, th- I think he's just a little rusty. You think so? He's, he's <laughs> no. been, he has 106. <laughs> yeah. He's old, you know? Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think we'll see Bucky hit another level, another level in this show at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think he will, but I think he has to come, come to grips with it. Just as Sam has to come to grips with, you know, him taking on the, uh, taking on the shield. Um, you know, Bucky's going to have to deal with his past in a lot of ways and get past yeah. that to be able to, you know, be a fully functional member of, you know, the team. Right. So here's, here's what I love about the show so far. Here's where I'm at. You know, I think John Walker, I'm just, I'm left to be unsure about him. The Flag Smashers, I'm, I'm also kind of left to be unsure. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, and then they have that, that their, their little motto is what, was it one nation, one people, or one world, one people? One world, one people, I think. Yeah. One world, one people. Yeah. You know, it's like, they want to see a world without, you know, yeah. uh, nation borders. And like, you know, and, and here's the thing. All right. So like, I, I can kind of see maybe the downfall or the the villainous side of Captain America is like in one sense you have this group over here who's like, you know, no borders, one one world, one people. But then you got, I think, I think uh, uh, John Walker's thing is he's probably at some point just going to become more nationalistic. I mean, he's Captain America, right? So he's probably going to be more focused on, like, that's probably going to be needs, the, yeah. that's probably going to be the villainous direction they go with him. Is that he yeah. becomes like so pro America that he it might blind him from yeah. doing what's right, you know, or the very, or the very least he has to like, he, he is a, he's being sent on these missions by a government, you know? Right. You know, it's like, it, it isn't is like, that was one of the coolest things about uh, like uh, Kingsman when it came out and stuff like that. Like the idea that they were a, an organization that worked outside of nationalities. So they weren't being dragged down by one nation's, specific um um needs what their specific you know political cause at the moment which you know any you know even good nations you know just because it looks good for your nation doesn't mean it's going to turn out good for another nation you know yeah for sure i'm just uh i'm not sure what to think about you know the couple you know a couple of these whether it's sean walker or the flag smashers and yeah. Like I'm, you know, and then you got power broker. Like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Anything any, going on there. Yeah. 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 Again, I kind of feel like, and I don't want to call this episode a filler episode uh, because I think we did learn some key things, but there's going to be weeks when, with some of these shows, like with WandaVision, it was like every week there was so much mystery and we could yeah. spend, we could spend over an hour just talking about everything. Yeah, dissecting everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With something like Falcon Winter Soldier, it's, it's just a little more direct. And with the exception of like the mystery behind the power broker and all that, like, yeah. and maybe like, are they going to go see Isaiah again and will Isaiah's grandson be a part of this? Like there's some mystery of course, but it's, it's mostly pretty direct. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. This definitely has like uh, heavy, like espionage, political themes and yeah. uh, type of like, we, I mean, we could easily dive into like all the, the political uh, social dilemmas going on. Yep. The episode, but I mean, like, if we're keeping it like MCU, Marvel, like, what what exactly is their direction? Like, what Marvel story are they trying to tell while using some of these like 
social injustices that are going on and around us today like what are they trying to bring that to light by using their marvel stories or are they kind of taking advantage of like what's going on around us to be relevant to have these conversations about their marvel stories like i don't know yeah like what exactly their direction is on why they're going to address some of these things yeah and how yeah yeah but i do feel like if the next episode it cannot add any more new information if there's only four episodes remaining yeah i feel like now you got to start like uh filling in the pieces right now you got to start bringing in zemo uh uh, telling us who the power broker is like you got to start all this stuff you got to start wrapping up telling us and leading up to a big conclusion because like if you introduce any more information like i feel like we're going to get to a point where we're going to be rushed again like kind of like a portion of the ending of wandavision there was like a felt like that a little bit rushed like i don't want to have to do that with this series i want to have it like a nice like kind of like drawn out detailed developed and like put a bow on that sucker and 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 move on to the next series like i don't want it to be rushed and be talking about this in a negative light at the end of this yeah i'm with you man i want i want answers i want zemo yeah i want, I want Majapur. i want to get to that city <laughs> and see what's going yeah. on there you know what? What takes them there? Is that where the power brokers headquartered? Like, what's going on? You know, I can see that though. The power broker being located there, I can see it, that. It makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, Madripoor, like the 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 the, uh, the Gotham of MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, well, Any well, last thoughts before we close shop here? Um, what if like the next episode is set in Madripoor and you're getting the power broker's background and. Sharon Carter's like espionage inside oh, inside man. the power brokers. Just just throwing that out there real quick. I'm down with that. That'd be great. Uh the biggest thing that I'm like I mean I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but the biggest thing I'm like willing to die on right now is that Dr. Rayner is actually a, a bad guy working for either Hydra or Zemo or somebody. So that's the biggest thing I'm on. You know, the biggest thing I'm on is thinking with John Walker, he even mentioned like he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have super strength. And like, what if they are trying to get get a hold of the, the Flag Smashers so that they can get some superpowers that have for been themselves? Yeah, yeah, that have been stolen from the power broker. Like, the government doesn't want to pay some shady power broker dude who's selling superpowers on the black market, but instead they're yeah. gonna they're gonna steal them from someone who's already stolen them. Like, I could see that. So that's my that's yeah. my uh, yeah. that's my uh, bold prediction. <laughs> I, I think yours is likely to actually come true. Think so? so? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's going to be buddy. like a. It's, well, it's going to be. They're going to use it as like a struggle for John Walker. They're going to use it as like a. Okay, you want to do right and everything like that, but like you're on an uneven playing field with all these people with superpowers. So he's going to have to choose to to do something to take the the serum or do whatever that could change him uh, for. I mean, like he said, he said in this episode, it doesn't have a good track record. Uh, He's going to have to take that risk in order to be in competition with the rest of these superpowered people, but knowing that it could lead him down a bad path. Or what if like he has someone's like in danger? What if Sam or Bucky and he has that option to take it? Or what if his friend is Hoskins is in danger, you know, and he, and he takes it and then he does something heroic, but because of the super serums volatility, it sends him down a negative path. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, that has more, I think, weight to that storyline. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes. I've been enjoying the series so far. 
And we're thankful to all of our listeners for checking in on this podcast. We do apologize that our sound quality is not up to par for what it usually is. Not that it's ever like the most amazing thing in the world, but uh, I'm sure being on Zoom, it's not going to sound as great this week. So we do apologize for that. But we really do thank you for uh, listening to this review. And we want to encourage you to come on back next week for a review of episode three. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just just exciting stuff ahead. Uh, oh, Black Widow got delayed. It's, that was announced a lot since the last time we. Uh, oh yeah, that review. Yeah. So that, July. Yeah, I'm not happy it's about that, year. boys. I'm really just yeah, not happy either. It is going to be uh, premiere access on Disney Plus if you want if you want to watch it in the comfort of your own home. Right. Uh, but it's also going to be at theaters at the same time. So support yeah. your local theater. Support yes. your local theater, unless you have kids and like you haven't been able to go to a movie theater for years. <laughs> Theaters reopen in April, so let's let's do it. All right. For my good buddies, Justin and Anthony, this is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.